2: actually a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: You're listening to the Autosport Podcast. It's a very French affair today as Alpine have revealed their A524. And as always, they have opted for a dual livery approach. They've also unveiled their new hypercar at the same time, soon to be racing in the 2024 World Endurance Championship. I'm Sam Hall and joining me today are John Noble, live from the launch event itself, as well as Jake boxall from The Office Base. Welcome both! Now let's start off with some first impressions and we'll go to you first John, as usual with Alpine. Two liveries with the swapped blue and pink colour schemes, although that could be overselling it a bit. And much like everyone else so far, there's a lot of bare carbon fibre. What do you think of this?
0: Uh, I think today it's kind of a a relaunch for the team. Matt Harmon, tennis director, um, said everything's new apart from the steering wheel, basically. So I think they've realised last year's car didn't work. They made some changes, didn't deliver the step forward they hoped for. So complete revamp from front to back, new concept, new approach, new direction. Uh, and even a new livery approach because the, the pink isn't much pinker than the, the original because there's still so much bare carbon fibre, I think purely because of the weight limit.
2: And JBL, will go to you now. Um, I know you've obviously written a feature that's already up on motorsport.com and autosport. Um, what are your
1: thoughts on this look? Um, for me, it's it's frustrating because we've had, what, three or four launches. Williams has done a livery launch with a, a dark blue livery. That looks pretty good. We've had the McLaren livery, carbon and orange. We've had the Sauber, carbon and green. And we've had the Haas, carbon and white. So you're kind of going into this thinking, well, you know, Alpine's got blue, it's got pink. What's it going to do? Is it, if, if it goes with the same livery, then at least it's a little bit different to what we've seen. And they've somehow managed to make it look dreadful, honestly it's uninspiring. It feels like not a lot of effort has been put into it. And I'm worried that we're just going to end up in a situation where we've got 10 teams on the grid all with grey liveries. It's just not a good look for Formula One, I don't think. And I think, honestly, there probably needs to be some kind of regulation stating, you know, how to make the, the cars look different, um, creating different liveries and different kind of aesthetic for Formula One. Because, you know, I grew up in the, late 1990s um i was there when you know there was a jordan looking like a wasp there was a bar with two liveries zipped together um there's all of the this you know kaleidoscope of color and we just don't have that now and it's it's a real shame because um i think they could have done something quite quite good and they just haven't yeah you're right i mean it's only i think
2: 2017 where we had all the really bright colors and you look at what we've got now um john you're at the launch and have spoken to the team including team principal Bruno Famin and both drivers, uh, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. Famin was brought in last year as the interim team principal. Is he now full-time in the job, and what were his thoughts on the event?
0: Yeah, he's now going to be kind of stick out as team principal. There's a new structure. They're going to appoint a CEO for Viri, a CEO for Enstone, just to try and help him manage the situation. But I think he's, he feels that last year the team structure changed a little bit. The second half season, they scored more points, even with, if the car wasn't a dramatic step forward. The winter has been about revising the car and pushing it on. And a concept change, you know, always is a bit of a gamble because c- you can't be guaranteed it's definitely in the right direction. Often there's a, a reset period where you need to learn, learn all about it to regain the performance. So I think the messaging from both Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly, and Bruno is potentially the start of the season could be quite difficult. But they've got big upgrades coming for, I think Matt said, race two, race three, race four. So they've been quite aggressive, as they've been in the past, bringing upgrades. So I think it's more where this team can end up rather than judging them on where they start this season.
2: Uh, Sticking with you, John, and moving to the drivers, both Gasly and Ocon had fairly middling seasons last year, I think it's fair to say. Both were semi-regularly in the points and each scored a podium, but they weren't consistently impacting the upper end of the midfield. Both are very experienced F1 drivers. So what do the drivers need to do to help push Alpine into the top five and beyond?
0: We we can ask Pierre here if you want. Go for it. Go on. (laughs) Let's let's get him on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think think it's all to do with the the platform, isn't it, really? That uh, mostly in Formula, especially because things are so tight, it's about the the car and where it performs, where the the aero um, mapping goes, how it performs at kind of variations of corners. Because these cars, it's all about the compromises you're making to where the car can deliver its best. So I think it much depends on that. I think Pierre's a much more settled down now. Um, he's had a year to understand the team. The team went through a lot of changes the summer last year when ottmar Safner and Alan Permain left. Bruno Famin came in. They've they kind of restructured things, repushed things forwards. Uh, so I think now there's a hope that over the course of the season, it can push on, even if the start of the year is a bit more difficult. Um, JBL over to you now both drivers
2: at the time of us speaking at least are out of contract at the end of 2024 do we expect the drivers to continue with Alpine or is silly season going to take another turn um, with one or both of the teammates driving
1: elsewhere next year Uh, I think I think it's probably too early to say because there's a few tantalizing options Um, you know Mercedes seat that Hamilton vacates now, that's something that both drivers are going to be wanting to go for. Um, you know, Ocon still has ties to Mercedes and with some degree. Um, Pierre Gasly will want that seat as well and he'll want to sort of prove that he can make the next step up. So I think they'll both be gunning for it. But, you know, everyone on the grid is going to be gunning for it. And there's a Red Bull seat free as well. Um, there's a lot of pieces that still need to be moved. So I think we're we're looking towards a very kind of explosive, uh, silly season in that regard, one that I, I you know I can't wait I can't wait for everything to unfold. It's going to look super exciting. So yeah, I think there's something at the end of this that if they perform well, then they can realistically achieve. Um, but they'll both need better seasons than last season. Um, you know, some of it was down to the car. Some of them, you know, the drivers themselves didn't take opportunities. Let's say. Um, i think everything just needs to be a little bit better from from the team a little bit more polished um because it's lacks that in the last few seasons it just seems to be super content just to sit sort of fifth sixth in the championship and that's not what a manufacturer team should be doing by any stretch this is a team that won the title in 2005 and 2006. um you know it, it needs to start pushing for that again or otherwise you know considerable uh, you know accusations that it lacks a little bit of ambition uh, already ongoing, but they'll continue.
2: You mentioned the championship standings there from last year and to John now, in terms of the overall standings, Alpine finished sixth but well ahead of Williams on points at least last season and they were still away off Aston Martin in fifth. Is it realistic to think that Alpine could make the jump into the top five teams this year or are they sort of stuck in that lower midfield region?
0: Yeah, but I think think that the nature and dynamics of Formula One has changed now. This, this cost cap is bringing the field closer. There's no no room for any error, error. Um, yeah, any error now to pull yourself back. Um, you know, as Zach Brown has repeatedly said, um, you know, teams that are tenth in the Constructors' Championship can be fighting for positions in Q3. This, this thing can revolve around. I think it's quite a tough ask. Red Bull are going to be quick. Mercedes are going to be quick. Ferrari are going to be quick. McLaren's going to be quick. Aston Martin's going to be quick. Breaking one of those into the, that top five is quite a tough ask which is probably why Alpine's gone more aggressive, changed the concept and, and hopes to push on but I think if they can break into the top five they'll be pretty satisfied with that but it's the extent to, to how much they can go forwards because there's no no team anymore guaranteed to, to be kind of battling at the back beyond, I think Hass already admit they're going to have a tough start to the season um, but beyond that it's, it's very tough, tough in Formula 1 these days.
2: And JB, I will throw the last one to you. Um, not only was this an F1 launch, but obviously there was also the launch of the hypercar for World Endurance Championship too, as Alpine unveiled that A424 LMDH car alongside their driver lineup, which includes Mick Schumacher. Um, it's good to see F1 teams and drivers embracing other race series as such as the World Endurance Championship. Um, but what do you think of, especially that livery? I mean, it's, it's a stunner compared to the F1 livery, I think it, it goes without saying. Um, but what do you think about drivers and teams embracing other championships?
1: Uh, I'm all for it. And it was great, you know, with Le Mans last year to watch Ferrari go and, you know, come back to, to endurance racing and, and go and win. So obviously in a kind of cost cap era now, there's a lot of resources, there's a lot of sort of technicians and brain power that are kind of being underused, underutilized. Um and so for them to go into other championships, for for these manufacturers to put their money in and explore different categories, that's a fantastic thing for motorsport um, and, and to watch WEC thrive with the hypercar field growing and growing, um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just great. And to watch, you know, you mentioned Mick Schumacher and there are a number of other talented drivers in that lineup, but, you know, he never really got... Um, I'd say he did get a fair crack at Formula One. He didn't really make the grade, um, as many were hoping. But, you know, he's got a good opportunity to prove himself as an endurance racer now. Um, And I think, you know, sometimes drivers don't make it in Formula One. You know, you've got guys like Sebastian Buemi or Brendan Hartley or someone like that um, don't necessarily make the grade in Formula One. But when they go to endurance racing, they're just, you know, magnificent. And there's always an opportunity to make a career there instead of, you know, Formula One's not the be-all and end-all of motorsport. And uh,
2: yeah, as we say, that livery for the WEC car, chef kiss compared to the Formula One, I think. I think we all agree on that one. Um, and that just about does it for Alpine's double launch. And thank you for joining me both. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button and stay tuned because we've got the team formerly known as Alpha AlphaTauri up in Las Vegas on Thursday evening, or if you're in the UK like us, Friday morning, followed by Aston Martin on Monday. And we'll see you on the next one.